Can you hear us? Can I hear? I can hear. Can you hear? Yay! Yay! Yes! You ready, Tanya? <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. <laughs> A podcast about the intersection between mass media culture and mental health. I'm Kaylee Legrand. And I'm Tanya Bevan. And she's all the way in LA, but there's somebody else here in Toronto. You can introduce yourself. Oh. Hi, it's me, Justin. <laughs> Justin is here, and we're going to tell you who Justin is, because our listeners don't know who you are yet. Two, four, six, oh, one. No. That's it. That's all you wrote. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> who am I? Yeah. Show Valjean. Yeah, great. <laughs> so, uh... That is exactly our niche. Our demographic knows exactly what we're singing right now. <laughs> Amazing. We have this is a this is a fun, special, sad, exciting episode. Yeah, I've been kidnapped by LA. <laughs> is it great? Is it warm? You know, I complain because I know it's like negative ten thousand degrees at home, but it could be warmer. But I mean, I don't have to wear a jacket. Oh my God. Uh, Glad you're gone. Bye. So for our listeners to understand, so Tanya's heading down to LA and Justin is going to be, Justin Van Liesout is going to be stepping in as our new co-host. We're super excited. I mean, yeah. Tanya and I met Justin, I guess over a year ago or so now. And it was just immediate connection. We all clicked. And we're super excited that we're now starting to develop a lot of other work together. So with Tanya being down in L.A., you know, she's still going to be part of the podcast and you can still reach her via the podcast and reach out to her and keep tabs through us. However, the voices that you're going to hear, Tanya's going to be a, a guest when she comes back to Toronto. She'll be guest hosting whenever she can. But regularly, you'll hear Justin's voice. It's Emmy. <laughs> And so this is this is like a oh this is like a farewell episode for the regular style we've had with Tanya being down in LA, but also also a little bit of a catch up because Kaylee has not seen Tanya in some time and she fucking misses her. There we go. I already dropped the f bomb. I'm taking over the Tanya role. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> Expletives everywhere. So. Let's start off by ugh, just feeling our love. The audience gets to feel it this time. What are you doing down there? Fill us in. How has it been? Um, so as many of you know, maybe, I don't really know if I've shared that much of me wanting to come to L.A. for a long time. Um, my partner lives here. Um, uh, so that was kind of worked out. But uh, <laughs> I have been working on my O-1 visa, my uh, artist visa to come down to LA for about a year and a half now. And I finally just finished the process. And now it's in, in processing right now with the unions to see if my case is a go. So I'm in a big waiting period. But anyways, so on June, January 3rd, I decided to come after the holidays to come visit my boyfriend. And then I was supposed to come home on the 13th, and I was like, I don't really feel like coming home yet. So I changed my flight. It was inevitably going to happen. It happened a lot earlier than I thought it was going to. Um, but it just it, it felt right, and I just I needed to do it. I needed a change. You know, I've been in this gray period for a really long time when it comes to, like, my acting and my management and even just waiting for the visa and stuff. And like, I, the only thing really holding me back from actually moving in myself is fun. But um, yeah, so, you know, I was just like, you know, just fuck it and do it and deal with the consequences yeah. later. Yeah, girl. It's a fuck yes or a fuck no, and you chose yes. I did, yeah. So we'll see. That's awesome. What's your favorite part about being down there so far, other than your boyfriend? Other than being with him, um, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> we, we said never talk about, talk about that. <laughs> no, that's actually that's a great thing to talk about, especially for you know Canadians in the winter and what <laughs> we've been having. Like I thought we were about to get a, an okay warmish week, and we just got dumped on by a, a bunch of more snow. Um, and we were yeah, just talking with another friend about seasonal snowstorm. But it, it was sort of unexpected. We were talking about um, seasonal depression with another friend, and mm -hmm. I mean. 
obviously I haven't spent a ton of winters down in L. Well, I've spent some winters down south, but you're down there right now while we're experiencing all this snow. What what does that change like for you since you've spent so many winters in Canada? You can speak to that. God, honestly, I seasonal depression seasonal depression disorders is definitely a thing. I will hands down it is because I every February January February March are probably the worst months of the year for me they always Mm -hmm. have been and I have never and maybe because it's it's, I'm in a different situation as well but you know I I haven't been this happy in a really long time you know and and the fact that I don't have to deal with (laughs) the cold the shivering (laughs) bundling up just to go across the street to go get water and then come home you know it's just there is something to be said about living in a warm climate for sure I mean obviously everyone's going to have their ups and downs but when it comes to getting away from the winter I completely understand why like people fly south for the winter now and I prefer to just stay south (laughs) (laughs) I mean before you left you were also starting to do things just for your own personal growth um that were affecting your happiness levels too like yoga you went through the yoga teacher training and um and that was starting to take effects. Do you, are there other things that you still do for yourself down there? Or do, is the sunshine just literally the thing that you sit in and soak up and you're like, life's good. <laughs> Life is great because of sunshine. So, um, I, I haven't found a yoga studio just yet, uh, but I actually have been on a pretty good yoga, or yoga uh, workout regimen. Um, my partner is very big into fitness, so it kind of just worked out, but we have a great gym at, at our apartment here and I've mm-hmm. usually at the gym three, four times a week, but honestly just being physical, you know, being able to walk everywhere, just working out, being able to swim wherever I want. And vitamin D is a huge component of that. And the fact mm-hmm. that I can get that with the warmth really helps. I, mean, I keep yeah. saying the weather, but I, for me, it really is. It's, it's it's a lot. It's, it's great. I've heard such similar things about LA, but we were talking about the, the jump over the border when Canadians do go south and also that pull between the two coasts, the differences between, say, going to New York and I guess um, a majority of actors who go down there are taking more of a theatrical route as opposed to doing screen work over in LA. Um, and obviously the temperament, the, we- the weather is similar in New York so it's it's got a more equivalent vibe. LA is a city as well but New York is very city city as Toronto is too and I find LA is much more spread out so you don't even Mm -hmm. feel that condensed city feeling even that we are in a city. You guys have a car down there though right? We do. (laughs) I just learned how to drive stick shift. You did Oh my god. (laughs) Oh please tell us what that was like. How long did it take you? Um, well, I mean, learned it pretty much in a night, but the confidence is it's still not there. Are drivers on the road down there, like, is it, are people aggressive? Is it a little bit nuts? It's, it's a little nuts. They don't use their signals a lot, which is really scary. What they're there for. Especially, yeah, right? Especially on, on the street we live on, is it's somewhat busy, and, and, and there's two, um, two, uh, lanes going each way so if you're trying to like turn left or right on it you have to be so careful because sometimes people will be speeding as fast as they want and just like switch lanes and like if you're trying to turn left and someone's switching the lane on you you're screwed you're gonna you're gonna be that person in no time don't worry (laughs) but no standard it's it's fun but it's like so much attention has to be there you can't like you you can't drive like you would in an automatic until it becomes muscle memory for you I actually just had somebody make fun of me the other night I was driving home a buddy after a show and he started he, he could not stop laughing at the fact that I use my I have an automatic car now but it has like a lower drive it has two different lower um not gears obviously but uh I always I put it into the lower gears to like I treat it like a standard even though it's not a standard because that's my must. I learned on standard and I miss it. I think everyone should have to learn on standard, to be honest. I kind of 
I wish I learned when I was earlier, but mm-hmm. well, earlier when I was younger. But it's 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 quite an experience. I think everyone should learn that talent. It's it's something else, man. It's well, it also gets you in touch with like you learn the machine, you know how, like, there's more of a connection between you and the car, it becomes more of an ex- extension of your being, of your corporeal form, if you will. Yeah, that's kind of what Greg me. said, it's like, it's an extension. Yeah. I remember talking with my dad about the same thing with planes and how um, a lot of newer pilots are are trained similarly to, you know, driving an automatic as opposed to learning the original, you know, uh, he's ex-military, so he flew planes more in a uh, manual way, if you will. Can I say that one more time? If you will. And how so many more accidents are caused because, you know, you have these procedures, these books that you follow. You don't necessarily know why you're pushing a button anymore. You don't know what it's doing in the system because there have been so many advances technologically that we are so far removed from knowing how we connect with this beast of a machine. Like having to shift gears like first to second, like you can't be in first too long. You can't, you know, it's just, it's crazy how you learn the difference between the gears and then going back to an automatic, you can actually hear the gears changing for you. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's it's quite magical. I thought I was scared. Shit. I'm so happy oh that God. you're learning standard. It is just, it's magical. Oh, I love driving standard. My favorite is that you can start a car that has no battery in a standard car by just putting, you you push it in neutral and then you yeah. pop it into gear and it'll just keep going. It'll just keep going, yeah. Things that kids won't be able to do these days. Yeah, Flintstones <laughs> It is a cool thing. I had to learn because Greg actually is on an airplane right now flying back to Canada to shoot something. So I, mm-hmm. in order for me to get anywhere in L.A., unless I want to take an hour and a half to get somewhere that would take 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I need to learn how to drive. So I'm kind of jumping in with the wolf here, but it'll be fun. It's actually one of the most interesting things I find about the States is how much their cities are built for cars. Mm. I was recently in Atlanta for work and like you cannot function without a vehicle. You don't see people walking on the sidewalk. You don't see people like going into shops on the street. It's literally cars into parking garages and then inside. Wow. Yeah. And it's nice that parking is mostly free here too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it has to be. Everyone has a car. Yeah. That'll change soon. And, and, the, and the grid system too. Like in Toronto, it's so like straight, everything's straight. And like a U here, everything is like a spider web. It's like you'll be on one road and you're like, oh, wait, didn't I just see that road like yesterday driving a different way? It's, it's crazy how everything kind you of You never know what way you're around. facing north or south. No, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I was like, feel- north is above the hill. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> Do you feel like you're starting to like settle in? Do you feel like it's starting to feel like home at all? Yes and no. Um, department, definitely. We've we've kind of fixed it a bit so that I feel a little homey here. But um, I think I personally won't feel settled until I know that my visa has been approved, to be honest. Right. You know, I still feel a little uneasy about that. That's probably the scariest part. But, like, it does it does feel like home. And it's... It's funny how Americans get that. They're so rude. Man, no way. Everyone is so friendly here. Like, everyone is so okay, I haven't had any. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm so surprised at how lovely everyone's been. And it's, it does, it already does feel like home, but you know, there's still that one underlining, like, oh my God. I, I'm, for those people who are listening, who don't know what that process is like for an artist to, get a visa to go down across the border can you walk us through a little bit of what you've what you had to pull together and what you had to prove and what the hoops that you're having to jump through oh my goodness okay so first you need to find a really good lawyer um, <laughs> I mean you don't ha- you don't technically have to get a lawyer I don't think but for our visa like the O one one visa, which is the artist visa for actors and uh, entertainment. Um, so I, I went with Kate Rayner. There's also Belize and Motalent, which is actually based in Canada. Kate Rayner's United States. Um, but for me, I had to gather 15 letters from um, people in the entertainment industry, casting directors, cast, uh, agents, um, 
friends, writers, producers, directors, all of that. I needed to find any articles written up about me. Um, and why is this? Why do you have to get all of this documentation? To prove that you are talented enough to be in this city, to prove that United States of America needs me here to work as an actor. Like to prove your value as a brand, your own unique brand that nobody else could be. Correct, yes. Yes, and to the traits, yeah, like like my talents and all that stuff. So, yeah, pretty much. And then you need screenshots of you as celebrities, you on shows. You have to have an extremely detailed resume, like the resume I ended up sending in was about two pages of all the shows I've been in, all the commercials I've done, my extracurriculars, so like my yoga, my dancing, my the podcast, all sorts of different extracurricular activities, which helps make the process a little easier because it's like, oh, she also is a dancer. Okay, so there's another skill that she has. Oh, she can sing. There's a skill. Oh, she has ran a podcast. There's another skill, you know, and it all, it all kind of there like makes the makes the process a little bit easier but it's still it took me about a year and a half to get everything together and getting centers and then on top of that you need a reason as to why you need to be in the state so i'm filming a movie with a, a director here so he needs me here so he had to write me a deal memo stating as to why exactly i need to be here what dates i need to be here how long i have to be here how long rehearsals are going to be from beginning to end so like adding from rehearsals to like red carpet events so it's kind of like a detailed reason as to why you need to be here <laughs> which is pretty much your golden ticket to get in so and do you know did the lawyer um prior to the process explain sort of how everything is quantified or measured do you have an idea of how that all measures up and like if you've reached 100 percent of the quota well she you, you yeah, pretty much. So she talked to her, you explain your situation, you tell her everything's done, you can send like a brief, it's almost like an interview process. And then they'll tell you, yeah, you have a good case, you have a strong case. But or you're not certain say, still. They can't guarantee. It. Yeah, they can't, you cannot guarantee anything. You could be freaking like... I mean, unless you won an Academy Award or you're like Brad Pitt, you want to move here, it's still not guaranteed, you know. Who's that? Who, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. That's just a name that I heard of. I think you he's a pretty that? decent actor. Yeah. But, yeah, it's never guaranteed, you know. It's pretty much like a lottery ticket. It's kind of scary. That's, that's the scariest part. But it's it, it, usually, I mean, a lot of people I know have done it it's just I feel like a lot of the process is to wean out the people that don't want to do the really hard work to be able to be here to be honest because it is it's a lot of work it's a lot of stress it's a lot of sleepless hours it's a lot of annoying casting directors and directors and writers and your friends to write you letters to sign things it's just it's it's a lot of work. How was that experience of actually reaching out to people in the industry and asking them to basically give you a letter that is leaving the support network that you had here? Like, obviously, you spent all that time working here and building your name here, and now you have to ask those people to basically tell them that you're ready to leave. Like, how was that experience for you? You know, surprisingly, it was a lot easier than I thought. Um, I thought a lot of people were like, oh, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Like, Toronto is the place to be. Like, it's it's the it's the ho North Hollywood of, of the world, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there was a lot of support. And it, for me, it was actually because I have a hard time asking people for help. It was a... Uh, it felt nice that people were really supportive and really wanted to help you reach your goal and your dream. So it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, cause I'm that type of girl that's like, no, 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 I don't need help. I don't need help. I don't need this. But in order to do this, you need all the help and support you can get. And it's pretty cool to read some of the letters and hear what these people have to say about you. And especially when you kind of have like, not the highest self-esteem, but you know, kind of like, 
builds you up a little bit. It kind of makes your chin a little bit taller. <laughs> yeah, awesome. must be. Do you find that there's a difference in that kind of mentality or disposition between Canadians and Americans? Uh, do you find that people down there are a little bit more self-assured in their endeavors? Yeah, definitely. Definitely are. They, I mean, they, I think Canada, Toronto has a pool of talent that is unseen and it's, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people I don't think have the cojones to actually go and jump into a completely different pool because they're comfortable with where they're at. But um, I will say I've, I've taken or have audited a few acting classes and this is going to sound bad, but the talent I see in Toronto exceeds some of the stuff I've seen in these classes, to be honest. And it's I'm all right with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what else to say, but just Canada has a lot to offer, and it's really unfortunate that we don't have the funding and the support like the States does to be having amazing art and things done in our own country. That's mm-hmm. half the reason why I wanted to be here. Haley, do you like dating apps? I've actually had a lot more fun on them. I've had a ton of fun on them. Yeah, but but also no. What's the worst part of a dating app? People who don't know how to talk, text, <laughs> I know, type, right? Words. They just like give you, they start a conversation with, hey. Not even. They're just like, like this photo. It's like, great. Of course you do. Boring. Well, have we got the solution for you. Hi with three eyes is a new dating app with icebreaker games and quizzes for creative and interesting people. They're games that are kind of like Cards Against Humanity, but in the app with a potential romantic interest that you get to play and judge together and have conversations about your answers and then again, judge, but together. So you're also being judged. Don't forget. (laughs) But if you don't want to feel judged because you don't really know what to say and now you're feeling really awkward, because of what Justin just said, look, we made a quiz for you, so you can just have fun with answering some of the questions. Like, you get stood up on a Friday night, so you, A, are totally fine, you always have wine on hand to chug in the tub. That's actually me. Or, B, you reread the Holstein Manifesto. C, let your buds drown you in tequila on a yacht. Or, D, are grateful that you can knock off a few to-dos from your list. That's, that's, that's my go-to. That's, I run away to that. Oh, I'm fully bathtub and wine. Ooh, look, we just started a conversation. We could be dating now. Oh, I love you. I love you. Check out hi slash totally not okay. Oh, it's not totally not okay. Also, there's a dot com in there. Check out hi.com slash not okay. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Would you say then that there is, like, do you already feel like there is more opportunity? Does it feel quote unquote easier or are you do you feel like you're not really able to judge because you don't have that oh one yet yeah I can't judge too much at this moment in time but I will say I think the opportunities will be higher I, I've heard stories and I know stories of people Canadians who come down here and go into auditions rooms and they're like um hi I'm so-and-so I'm also a Canadian I can work in Canada as a Canadian local or Toronto local and casting directors heads will like bop and they pretty much book mm. things because they can work in Canada with no problem. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And a lot of the stuff, like my partner, he, he auditioned here in the States for this movie that is shooting and it's shooting in Canada. You know, it's, I mean, I feel like a lot, a lot of the stuff is going to take me back home at least for the first couple of years. But and I don't want to say this too loud, but I was going to say, um, like, the, the money, the money. Yeah. Our Canadian day rate is about a little less than a thousand. So, like, even if you're just doing one episode on a show, it's, like, mm-hmm. less than a thousand dollars a day. In, in in L.A., it's about three grand a day. And that's in U.S. dollars. So that comes out to, what, almost five grand Canadian? You know, so the value for their actors is... A little higher, which makes it nice and tempting as well. <laughs> is it more competitive, though, because of that? Like, obviously, L.A. is known as the entertainment capital of the world. So they have people from all over the world who flock there if they can get their visas in order. Um, but does that make it more competitive because the rates are so much higher and that is where 
predominantly the stuff is looking before they go elsewhere? I would, I want to say yes. I can't give a confident answer, but I'm going to say yes to that, especially, I mean, even the population density is much higher here in LA than it is in Toronto. So I, I, I'm going to get a solid yes. It's definitely going to be harder, but. It sounds, it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the art life. But does it, it sounds like, um, especially because there are a lot more projects moving up across to the north uh, of the border. There are a lot more U.S. productions that are shooting up in Toronto and Vancouver. And it is, I obviously have had a bunch of friends as well who have gone down to the States and even just having that aesthetic of, oh, they, they, they made it to the States, so let's now bring them back and book them and everything like casting directors here in Toronto, for instance, will recognize that that is putting them a cut above the rest, just just on paper. Um, well, even you, before that, too, is a lot of stuff, a lot of American pro- pro- productions that are shooting in Canada will actually do their auditions here in L.A. two to three weeks before they actually bring those auditions to Canada. Yeah. yeah. So they've already decided on X amount of people. The lead roles are typically like they're bringing their crew and they're bringing their leads. And then most of the locals will do supporting and yeah. minor roles. But I guess Which I is guess, unfortunate because it's being shot in our own country. That's like the that's the double edged sword, right? Yeah, that's kind of the sour. Spot. Yeah, it's like Toronto is the second choice or Vancouver is the second choice for actors when they're already if they haven't found something in L.A., then, yeah, they're going to bring it to Toronto and Vancouver to see if they can find something else. But it sounds like you're you're framing the audition process now for a Toronto actor or a Canadian actor going down to the States and voicing in that room that you can work as a local in Toronto or anywhere back in Canada, um, that with the heads bopping up, is that changing, is that opening up those doors for you? Is that more of an opportunity to grab those lead roles and come back and still be working in Canada, but living in LA just to be able to shift into that next tier and doing lead roles on shows that are coming up across the border? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give a confident yes, but I mean, because of the stories I've heard, I, I, yeah, you know, I feel like it's, it's a great opportunity to just be here and have that dual citizen citizen type thing to be able to be like, yeah, I live here, but I also can work and live in Canada for free. Yeah. Fly me to Toronto. I have family in Toronto that would love to see me. Sure. Fly me there. You can pay me in Canadian. You know, you're going to take a pay cut, but you still have that ability to be able to work here and there, which is I think I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, my management and my agents, they were like, even if I were to stay in Toronto and have that visa, it's a great thing because now you're eligible to audition for American productions, uh, even though you're in Canada. But it's, it's, it's interesting. Do you know by any chance how difficult it is for an American to get the equivalent visa for Canadian end of things? Like if, if it was swapped. I can't give a confident answer, but I hear it's actually easier to go the other way around. Interesting. That's what I hear is it's a lot easier to get a Canadian citizen or a visa into Canada than it is to get into the States. I think it's also just a lot more common for big productions that do come up here to shoot, particularly for tax breaks. They're bringing those leads with them and they're able to afford the visas for them to be working mm-hmm. on on ground without having to get any kind of citizenship. So I, I think it's more common for them to just get working visas on particular projects than, like, I don't know if the attraction is really there for American actors to want to come up and, well, I mean, since 2016, maybe that's changed. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, pushing political uh, issues aside, I, I don't know if the same pull is there for actors to want to traverse in the opposite direction. So is that the main reason? Would you say the main reason why you wanted to go down, make the jump, uh, is specifically to break into a particular role space, like to be booking roles that are shot back in Canada, but on uh, like being higher up on the call sheet than what you were getting here. Was that 
Is that even on the list? Are there other reasons why you wanted to no, move down No, that wasn't there? really on my list, but I'm going to put that on my list now. But I just wanted <laughs> to go. work. I mean, Canada has great, great shows and great things, but there's so much shooting in L.A. and, and New York and Atlanta that it's just, you know, there's such great quality projects in the States as well. And I feel like I just wanted to be able to swim in both pools. I've wanted to be here since I was probably like 18. Try it out, you know, I, you know, I can always come back. If you've always kind of idolized being in LA and you've always wanted to go there from such a long time, how's it living up to that expectation? Is it everything and more that you dreamed of? Is it rose-colored glasses? Like what what has that experience been for you so far? Yeah, what did you think LA was like and versus now versus what it versus is? Versus what it is. Well, it's funny because in in like movies and TVs you see LA as like city li- or beach life, like that's pretty much all it is. It's like you're at the beach all the time, you're surfing, you're chilling on patios. But we actually, we live about 45 minutes away from the beach. So we're like in central, like we're in Studio City. So we're in the city of LA. But, um, you know, it's weird because I don't feel much of a difference except for the weather. <laughs> um, but I, I guess rose-colored glasses because, you know, I thought like I'd be driving around like, with the roof off and, you know, like that city or that beach life kind of vibe. Like everyone still kind of has that. I feel like L.A. is probably a more chill city to be in than many of the other cities in the States. But um, it's it's not much different in in that case, I guess. It's it's really cool, but I will say it's, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's mm. It's... Like Toronto, but again, like, I mean, my dad always said, when you're in a city, you don't, you don't do the exchange rate. So being here, you're paying American dollars. But then, you know, when, when all your money is coming from Canadian and you're exchanging it all the time to American, you're like, oh, oh, great. My bank account is dwindling real fast. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. a- yeah, you got to come with money, that's for sure. But you also, you know, I mean, we started this all off by saying that you, you haven't felt as happy in such a long time. Do you, it, which makes me think about, you know, talking to other friends who have gone down there and the way that they talk about the differences between L.A. and New York or L.A. and Toronto and how the worries, whether they are financial or wondering whether that next role is coming, the worries kind of subside because you're just, you know, you're fucking okay, man. You're in LA. Like that vibe is just different. Do you feel that that is just part of the energy that has washed over you in that city? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I know that if I was in Toronto or in Windsor right now, I would be 10,000 times more stressed. You know, even just being in the city that I've wanted to be in for so long, being like, Mm -hmm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I've done it. I'm here. I've still got a long way to go, but I'm here. You know, it gets rid of one stress and it's like, you know, yeah, those, those auditions will come. You know, I've, it's pretty much been the same waiting period here as it has been in Windsor and Toronto, you know, still waiting for those those self tapes, you know, and it's like, at least I get to wait somewhere where I'm happier. You're still with your agent in Toronto, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are you auditioning, are you doing self-tapes and sending them back to Canada or are you auditioning through her still? I have a manager here in LA, but a lot of the stuff she'll be messaging me. She's like, I have this great project. How's your visa coming along? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, not yet. She's like, damn it. Okay. This one won't work. It's shoots in two weeks. I'm like, okay, well, I'll let you know when my visa is like good to go. But she's trying to get me into the Canadian market as well. But because she is a U.S. based agent, she doesn't get as much of the, the calls as, as my Toronto agent would. Her networking pool is just more geographically based down there, I'm assuming. Yeah, more here in, in Vancouver as opposed to Toronto. Can you talk about the difference between an agent and a manager and maybe the difference between a Canadian agent and <laughs> an American agent and manager? So agents are like managers kind of do the same thing as agents as they'll submit you and put you in for projects but managers kind of manage your career so you sit down and you're like this is what I want to do these are the kind of the characters I see myself going out for 
they kind of manage how your career can happen. So my manager doesn't really put me out anything unless it's a series lead or it's, it's a big part in a movie or something like that, or it's a movie that's going to do something good for my career. As an agent, I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit. Agents, <laughs> agents are the people that want all the money, so they're going to put you out for absolutely everything. They're going to put you out for commercials. They're going to put you out for that day player. They're going to put you out for that one liner. They're just going to keep putting you out and throwing you out there, which is amazing. You need that. You need as much audition and as much exposure as you can get. But agents have, like for instance, my agency has maybe 300 people on their roster. My manager has 30 people. So they pay a little more time and dedication. So how does that actually reflect in how you compensate them? Because for agents, obviously, that's getting a percentage of whatever you get booked, right? Yeah, that's all That's all depending on your relationship with your manager and your agent. Like, um, for me, I now give 20%. Um, if I book something, I give 15 to my agent and five to my manager because most of the time, and, and also your agents are the ones dealing with your contracts. Managers don't really deal with the contracts. Your agent is the one like getting you better money, getting you a, a change room, you know, like all yep. the small details. So that's what your agent is doing as your manager doesn't really do that. They will at times, like for instance, if I were to book an American project, my manager would do that on the American side. So your agent does do a lot more work for you, for sure. Um, I can't really answer to the um, American agents. I, I feel like it's the same as Canadian ones. But here in America, you have your talent agent, which can be a completely different um, agency as a commercial agent. So in, in Toronto, you have your agent who does your commercials and your voiceovers and your movies and your TV. But here in in America, you have your talent agent who does your film and TV, and then you have a commercial agent who does commercials. You have a voiceover agent who does a voiceover. So you get to pick and choose if you want to have a commercial agent or a voiceover agent. As in Toronto, it's kind of like you do, they do it all for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Does your manager have to have an involvement in booking you on something to get that 5%? Or is your manager kind of signed on with, you know, now anything that comes your way because they're managing your career? you're automatically paying that 5%. It's upon discretion, to be honest. That's what I've been told. It really, it it depends. Like if you really like your manager, yeah, you're going to want to give them a percentage. But again, like if it's your agent doing all the lifting and your manager really had nothing to do with that project, you don't have to. It's kind of, it's a courtesy from yourself if that's what you want to do. Kind of, yeah, it really, it's, it's, it's upon discretion and it really depends on, what your relationship is like and if you want to be that nice guy who throws a few bills at your manager and you're like, yeah, I know you didn't help me, but here's dinner next week, you know? <laughs> so what was the conversation like with the manager? You know, let, let's say everybody out there is listening right now and we want to know exactly what you're pushing for, what that game plan or that blueprint for your career looks like. What are you wanting for yourself as far as roles go or your just career in general? What- and not only that, but how did that conversation actually go? How yeah. did you find voice to actually say those things to someone in that experience? You know, for me, I, I'm still green. Like, I'm very new. So when it came to my manager, I was luckily, I was introduced to my manager through a friend of mine. Um, and she's kind of new into the industry as well as a manager. She's been an actor and she did a lot of reading for casting directors out here in, in L.A. And um, so I kind of told her, I was like, I'm, I still don't really know exactly what my hit is. Because I want to be the badass girl. I want to. I want to run around with knives and guns, and <laughs> you know, I want to do all of that. But I also, I don't know how the camera really perceives me because I haven't done more than being the nice girl, the girl next door, the <laughs> the victim. So it's kind of yeah, hallmark. So I we didn't have too too much of that conversation because we're still trying to see how the casting directors see me in the room. So it's kind of, it's still, it's still new. So it's basically kind of, this is kind of like your test period where you're both 
taking this in, evaluating what's coming in, what the perceptions are and, and what you're being successful with. And then later on, the role of that manager is then to push that stuff further and to make sure that you're getting in the room for the bigger roles that are part of that archetype. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, you always want to be able to be versatile and play all sorts of things too, right? But I mean, if, if you don't want to play hooker number three, they're not going to send you out for hooker number three, right? Uh, hooker number three is my favorite. Like I've been trying for so long. <laughs> and so now you're also, you're in a different pool. Um, you're you're having to start to be recognized by new casting directors and get your name recognized, get your face recognized. Uh, and you just you just changed your hair, actually. Uh, I get I get to see a sneak peek, a preview. You need new headshots now, but you're blonde, girl. You're so blonde, and it's gorgeous on you. You know, you're you're having to stake your claim, put your flag in the ground, and get people to recognize who you are. Um, this also coming from a personal experience, I know I used to change my hair a lot and every time, and even from headshot to headshot on the same day, I think I had a head, I had a photo shoot with Tim Lays. I remember him just turning the camera around and showing to me and he's like, you look different in from shot to shot. Like you look like a different person. And I've heard that so many times, which is a challenge when you're just starting to be recognized by casting directors, all you, all your first goal is to have them remember you so that they're bringing you back in the room. But when they're bringing you back in the room and you change your hair, you look different. It's, it's, you're starting from the ground zero again and having to build up that currency of recognition and being recalled in their minds. So do you have, is that something that you've kind of calculated into your game plan or spoken about with your manager? Or is that part of what, one of the reasons why you wanted to you know, take this opportunity to start in the new hair color? Um, the new hair color was just like, screw it, why not? But, uh, you know, I, I, I moved here <laughs> knowing that I would be, at, like, I mean, even in Toronto, I still wasn't as at, at the top of the line, you know? So I came here knowing I'm going to be at the bottom. Like, I am at the bottom here so why not start something new and look different you know yeah follow that lala dream right so if you were one of the best actors in coming here in la you're still going to be starting at the bottom because you don't know who these casting directors are you know so it's kind of it's yeah that's another interesting point because um you know i've also heard Maybe not so much recently, but a few years ago, I remember most of the talk was, you know, you shouldn't jump across the border until you have recognition, until you are walking into rooms down there where people have already heard your name. Um, oh, girl. Yeah, I I got a lot of that. You know, there were a few people in Toronto that were like, you shouldn't do it. Stay here. You don't have enough on your resume. Um but there was also people who were like, just do it. Why would you, why not? Like, well, what else do you have? It's really like, <sighs> this industry is so, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. You know, it's like, you can be, you can fucking be, I don't know who's a great Canadian. Rachel McAdams. You know, she probably was amazing in Toronto. And then she came here. It probably took her five years to actually get recognition and known in these rooms in L.A. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Kaylee might know a little more about that than me. But, you know, it's like you're at the top of your game in one place, but then you move. You're not at the top anymore. Yeah, you might have a little bit of leeway with people, but you're still known until you're known. It doesn't matter where you're at. Well, it's funny that, you know, she didn't, Rachel didn't move down to LA when she quote unquote made it in Hollywood. She was, yeah, no, she, she didn't really, she, she stayed in Canada for quite some time. She liked being a Canadian, obviously still has that Canadian citizenship, but, um, she was, I guess, an anomaly, I guess a little bit of an exception because she didn't want to make that jump, but I don't know how long she was swimming in that pool before, like maybe not geographically living down there, but obviously in the pool of being able to audition and being at that ranks. Um, her first big break was, uh, the hot chick. I think that was the first like Hollywood film that she was doing. So, but she was still in Canada, but that put her on the map and then she was able to audition for other Hollywood films. Um, so there are exceptions absolutely to the rules, but, 
I also think that those rules are changing, especially in this highly advanced techno culture that we live in. You're doing self tapes for uh, for Toronto. You're not in Toronto physically, but you're still auditioning here. So those boundaries are starting to shift and you can work from wherever you want to be. So it almost sounds like there's now just more of that. You have a lot more of that mental gumption that is helping you ride the wave. If I'm not, if I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, again, it might be juju word, but it's right time, right place. Right. Mm. Mm, Speaking of juju words, you still like manifesting with crystals and shit. I actually, I had my mom send me a care package and she sent me one of my big crystals. So I have one right now. Oh, nice. Is that part of your, like, do you, do you meditate in the morning? Do you have a routine? What's, how do you build your mindset and how are you, how are you shaping yourself to be able to be in the flow and and sit in this progress as you climb that hill, but also keep yourself motivated and, and keeping that gumption alive? Well, you know, I, I, I'm very lucky for the man I have in my life. He's been like my rock and does a lot. He helped me a lot with all of this. Um, but I guess probably every morning I probably do about like a 10, 15 minute meditation, uh, just, you know, laying on the ground and just like, you know, getting in tune with my breathing. And then we have a huge whiteboard on our wall of like our to-dos for the days or our to-dos for the week and what we need to get done. And, you know, I just kind of just work day by day. I don't really play with my, I just stare at my crystal mainly. I don't really play with (laughs) I am so happy to hear that you are, oh, you're just in a flow. You're it sounds like you're in a really beautiful flow and I'm really excited to see where it takes you. Thank you. Me too. I still feel like I'm a little bit in like, remember the, in yoga, they, we did the, the, the vision of the, the, the lotus flower growing through the mud and into the sky. I still feel yeah. like I'm a little bit of a muddy period, but that lotus flower will see. Well, girl, that's just 2020. 2020 is all about bringing the, throwing the mud in your face. And you're like, thank you, universe. It's a fucking facial. I'm going to turn it into a body. I was just about to say that. It's a motherfucking <laughs> mud facial. Hell yeah. Well, we're coming, we're creeping up here. Hey, do you have a one cool thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I do. Do you have one? I'm reading this new book. Um, have you read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Yeah, man. I have a couple of his books. Actually, Mark Manson. Oh, it's so funny that you mentioned that. We're just... Okay. Uh, so, audience, full disclosure. <laughs> Recording out of order production. <laughs> We're reco- yeah, we just recorded another <laughs> interview. This in a future episode. <laughs> so, Mark Manson is going to be a <laughs> one cool thing tagged in both and in two episodes this season, this month, probably. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but ugh, obviously fucking that. I think that's also part of like the whole fuck yes or fuck no, like listening to that part of your gut. I'm starting to read his new one. Everything is fucked. A book about hope. I'm literally like three pages in, but it's. Oh, my God. I literally just bought it. And I I've, I think I've like read the cover. <laughs> cool yeah no I just started it and it was just I'm just like okay this is gonna be a great book I'm excited so yeah I guess that's my one cool thing is Mark Manson and his book because he's just freaking a mind genius yeah he's fun I like the way that he he brings some you know sometimes some esoteric thoughts into just this cool grounded fuck it sort of vibe Mm mm-hmm Totally. My one cool thing is also a book. Um, Damn it. <laughs> oh my God, are all three of us doing no, this? No, now I gotta think of a cool You can do it. It's, it's the fine. book Go episode. Ahead. It's fine. Go ahead. It's the book episode. Justin's mad. Oprah's book club. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to We're Totally Not Okay Book Club. <laughs> we should start that. Uh, I'm, I'm rereading, actually. Uh, I'm rereading Walden. By Henri de because I still want to go to the woods. I'm still not close enough. I moved out of the middle of the city, but I'm uh, like still on the outskirts and I still kind of crave it and haven't really Waldened myself recently. I think I think one of the biggest reasons. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest reasons why I jumped back into it was because I used that term recently. Um, I used the, the term Walden as a verb and I real I didn't really realize that I had been verbalizing it for myself like I guess I should explain what I even mean so Walden obviously where Thoreau went to write out in the woods and near just outside of Concord I believe um 
to you know get away from industrialization get away from the city and to connect with nature and read the book but I every time I feel like I need to get out of the city I I talk about Waldening myself so I've been verbalizing it for quite some time and I recently I mean we're gonna have to I'll, I'll tell you the whole story I met somebody that I used the term with it's a longer story but the short of it is that they just they were the first person who actually who got, got who yeah. got it and I'm like oh Oh my God, it's still like, I'm just going to have to go back and revisit it. So I'm rereading it and it does feel delectably new. So that's my one cool thing. Okay, well, my one cool book club edition (laughs) is going to be similar to yours because you're talking about Waldening when you get away from the city and just do your own thing. Though um, in this book, it is referred to as Bumbering. Um, It is, any guesses? Did you, do either of you know? Bumbering. No. The, the importance of being earnest. Oh. Bumbering. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, bumbering. <laughs> bumbering around. Oh uh, so, yeah, that's going to be Do you my read book. it with that accent in your head? Absolutely. I. It's actually one of my favorite plays, fun fact. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just because it's so word snippy and intelligent yeah. and absolutely hilarious in the stupidest ways. I haven't heard that word in so long. Yeah, it's so good. Bumbering? All right. Well, guys, we did it. We <laughs> This is this is this is the not a goodbye. This is a farewell to my love down in LA. Yeah. Yes. And and an onboarding with Justin. So you're going to hear so much more Yay. from Justin, which so excited. I'm so happy. I when I found out it was you, Justin, I was like this is perfect. This is perfect. I'm Aww, so excited. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Happy to be here. Good. Let's talk about the fucked up world we live in. <laughs> I love and miss you. I miss you too. I love you guys. Have a great day. Ciao, Bella. You too. If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or review, which sincerely helps us and we absolutely love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>